John chapter 8, verse 31 to 59. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are Abraham's descendants, yet you are looking for a way to kill me, because you have no room for my word. I am telling you what I have seen in my father's presence, and you are doing what you have heard from your father. Abraham is our father, they answered. If you were Abraham's children, said Jesus, then you would do what Abraham did. As it is, you are looking for a way to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. Abraham did not do such things. You are doing the works of your own father. We are not illegitimate children, they protested. The only father we have is God himself. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me, for I have come from my God. I have not come on my own. God sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Yet because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Can any of you prove me guilty of sin? If I am telling the truth, why don't you believe me? Whoever belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. The Jews answered him, Aren't we right in saying that you are a Samaritan and demon-possessed? I am not possessed by a demon, said Jesus, but I honor my father and you dishonor me. I am not seeking glory for myself, but there is one who seeks it, and he is the judge. Very truly I tell you, whoever obeys my word will never see death. At this they exclaimed, Now we know that you are demon-possessed. Abraham died, and so did the prophets. Yet you say that whoever obeys your word will never taste death? Are you greater than our father Abraham? He died, and so did the prophets. Who do you think you are? Jesus replied, if I glorify myself, my glory means nothing. My Father, who you claim is God, your God, is the one who glorifies me. Though you do not know him, I know him. If I said I do not, I would be a liar like you, but I know him and obey his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. He saw it and was glad. You are not yet fifty years old, they said to him, and you have seen Abraham? Very truly I tell you, Jesus answered, before Abraham was born, I am. At this they picked up stones to stone him, but Jesus hid himself, slipping away from the temple grounds. This is the word of God. Now do keep your Bibles open there. Now there's a lot in that passage. There's probably a lot that I, I won't touch on. Um, but if you've, got, uh, if you've got further questions about anything... Uh, if you'd like to talk more about Jesus' words in this passage, uh, do come talk to me afterwards, or talk with each other afterwards too. But as a parent of young children, 
There's hardly a day that goes by when I'm not warning them about some kind of danger. Now, my kids are actually pretty cautious, and sometimes I find myself doing the opposite. I'm trying to push them to do slightly more risky things. But anyway, there's thinking about danger. It seems to me that there's sort of three categories of danger, three kinds of danger in our world. You see, at at a basic level, there is the danger that you can see. You know, the hot stove is a good example. You can see it, you know that it's dangerous, you can see the red hot glow, you don't touch it. But then there are the dangers that you can't see. Perhaps sunburn would fit into that category. You still know about it, you know that it exists, you know that it's dangerous, but you can't always tell when you're in danger. There's the danger you can see, the danger that you can't see, but there's a third category of danger, a far more dangerous category, which is the danger that you don't even know is dangerous. When something that you think is safe actually threatens your safety. Some examples of this might be when you find out that the seemingly helpful person on the phone turns out to be a scammer. Or when you find out that the school teacher is an abuser. When a military commander turns out to be a spy working for the enemy. Things that seemed good, that seemed safe, that are actually deceptive and dangerous. This third category of danger is so dangerous precisely because it doesn't look dangerous, it looks good. And friends, this morning we're going to be talking about something that fits into this third category of danger. But the thing we're talking about is freedom. Now, hold on, you're thinking. Freedom doesn't sound dangerous at all. You're right. Freedom in itself is not dangerous. But this morning, we're going to see two very different kinds of freedom. We're going to see freedom as our world understands freedom. And we're going to see freedom that Jesus offers. And as we look at these two side by side, as we examine Jesus' teaching, what I hope that you will see is that what you and I think of when we think about freedom, what our culture says freedom is, is in actual fact slavery of a most devastating kind. You see, when it comes to freedom, we're in danger of being conned, of being scammed. Having something that appears safe and good actually do us incredible harm. And so this morning, we're going to dig into Jesus' words to understand what it truly means to be free. We're going to do that by considering three points under the heading of true freedom. If you grabbed an outline, you'll see them on the back there. True freedom, number one, why we don't have it. Number two, how we can get it. Number three, what it looks like once you've got it. That's where we're heading this morning. How about I pray? And then we'll dig into John chapter 8. Father God, we thank you for your word. This word that reveals to us the Lord Jesus We pray that as we read it now, we might believe in him and that by believing, 
we might have life in his name. That we might find true freedom as disciples of the Lord Jesus. And we pray this in his name. Amen. Well, for the past term, we've been working our way through John's Gospel. In chapter 7 and 8, we have this extended section where Jesus is in Jerusalem. He's at the Festival of Booths. He's been in the temple teaching for a number of days. And where we left off in verse 30 last week, we learned that many people who had been hearing him teach believed in him. These are Jewish people, they're in the temple, they've been there for the festival, they've heard Jesus, and they believed in him. So where we pick up the story in verse 31, Jesus is speaking to these new believers. And he begins to teach them about freedom. And the very first thing he wants them to know about freedom is that they don't have it. Have a look, verse 31, he says to them, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples, Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Now notice Jesus' words there are conditional. He says, if you hold to my teaching, then you will be free. And so Jesus' obvious implication here is that these people are not yet free. Now that's important for us to recognize. He's talking to to people like us, kind of new believers, new Christians. And he says that they're not free. Well, that touches a nerve with these listeners of Jesus. And so they respond, what are you talking about, Jesus? We're already free. As far as they're concerned, they are free. They're spiritually free. They're Abraham's descendants. They're the people of God. And they're sort of socially free. They're not slaves. They've never been slaves. They think they are free. But Jesus corrects them because in verse 34, he says, Very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. I want you to let those words sink in for a moment. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. I don't know if you like Venn diagrams, but if you were to draw a Venn diagram of this situation, you'd have one circle which represents those who are slaves to sin and another circle which represents anyone who has ever told a lie or stolen or thought a lustful thought. And they're the same circle. There's complete overlap. Anyone who has ever sinned is a slave. Which means every single person in this room, myself included, left in our natural state, is a slave. There are no people who just dabble in sin. There are no occasional slip-ups into sin. You, me, our neighbours, all of us are slaves. Now, even as I say that, I'm sure that some of you here struggle to believe that. You find that hard to accept. You're thinking to yourself... I'm not a slave. There's no one controlling me, no one telling me what to do or think. I'm perfectly free. Well, friends, the Bible's reply to that is, no, you're not. And it's a very tricky thing for us to get our heads around. But the Bible's teaching is that human beings are made to serve. 
In the beginning, we were made to serve God. But the essence of sin is that instead of devoting our life, our love and our service to God, well, we devote ourselves to something or someone else. All of us are living for something. Something that we need to make our lives worth living. It could, it could be all sorts of different things. Perhaps for you, it's your career, your marriage, you, the approval of others, success. I want you to have a think for a moment. Actually, really think. I'm going to pause. Let me ask you, what is it that you're really living for? What is that thing that you want more than anything else? That thing that if you got would make you feel fulfilled. That thing that if you lost, would destroy you. Have a think for a moment. Most of us aren't very conscious of what those things are. But if we spend time reflecting, if we ask ourselves those questions, you will start to see that there is something in your life that you're living for. Maybe a few things. Something that you can't do without. Something that you feel like you need. And friends, whatever that thing is, is your master. It's enslaved you. It's consumed you. It will hold you. It will not let you go. And ultimately, friends, it will destroy you. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now, it's really important that we understand this because we live in a culture that has a very different idea about freedom. You see, our culture teaches us that you can be free and the way to be free is for you to do what you want. I mean, that's basically the anthem of our culture, isn't it? You do you. Which is why we have an LGBTQ movement. Because I should be able to be whoever I want. That's why we have same-sex marriage. Because I should be able to marry whoever I want. It's why we have abortion. Because I should be able to do whatever I want with my body. You see, these are some of the movements of our cultural moment. And lying behind all of them is the pursuit of freedom. Now, it's not always a bad thing, the pursuit of freedom. And now you may not resonate particularly strongly with any of those particular ideas. But friends, make no mistake, this is the air that we breathe. We are caught up in our world's pursuit of personal freedom. And it will be impacting you in some way. More than ever, we are being led to believe that the way to find freedom is to exercise personal autonomy. For you to do what you want. Friends, Jesus comes along to that idea and says, this is slavery. 
There is no one who does what they want. Either you will do what God wants, or you will do, as Jesus points out in verse 44, what Satan wants. There is no free will. Either you will be controlled by God, or you'll be controlled by Satan. Martin Luther kind of described the human will like a horse. He said the only choice the horse has is who's going to ride it. Will God climb on? Will he guide you, direct you, control you? Or will Satan? They are the two options. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. The first thing Jesus teaches us about freedom is that we don't have it. Now, if we leave there, that's a pretty miserable sermon, isn't it? We are hopelessly, helplessly, unavoidably bound to sin. But the second thing we hear from Jesus here, the second thing he teaches us about freedom, is that there is a way to become truly free. Because he says in verse 36, verse 36, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. There is a way to be free. Enslaved as we are to the power of sin, Jesus has come to set the captives free. Now, there's a few things for us to notice about this freedom that Jesus offers us. First of all, it's a gift. It makes complete sense. If you're a slave to sin, well, there's no way that you can just overcome that slavery yourself. You're you're controlled by it. Freedom is a gift. It's not something that that is secured for you by your religious heritage, as Jesus' audience seemed to think here. They respond to Jesus saying, oh, we're Abraham's children, we are free. He says, no, you're a slave. The only way to get freedom, not something you can do for yourself, not something that you inherit from your cultural heritage, from your religious upbringing, the only way to be free is for the Son to set you free. The second thing to note is how we receive it from Jesus. How is it that the Son sets us free? By the truth. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. We receive freedom by hearing Jesus' word. If you hold to my teaching, you are truly my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. I don't know if you noticed as we read through that passage how often the idea of hearing came up. If you look closely, you'll see that the thing that makes the difference between those who are slaves to sin and those who are free is who they listen to. That's the difference. In verse 37 and 38, Jesus says that the reason the Jews are trying to kill him is because they have no room for his word. Instead, they are doing what they have heard from their father. That is Satan. That's who Jesus is referring to. In verse 47, Jesus says, Whoever belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. 
Friends, the reason we are enslaved to sin is because we're listening to the lies of Satan, who Jesus says in verse 44 is the father of lies and a murderer. It's when we listen to Satan's lie, the lie that God is not good, the lie that God is not loving, the lie that says satisfaction can be found in something other than him, it's then that we are enslaved by sin. That's what happened to Adam and Eve in the garden, wasn't it? They believed the lie and they were enslaved. But friends, on the contrary, it's when we listen instead to the truth of God that we are set free. And so friends, the clear implication here is that if you want to belong to God, if you want to be truly free, you need to hear God's word. And not just hear, but continue hearing. You notice that Jesus says it's those who hold to Jesus' teaching that are truly his disciples. Not just those who heard it once and then forgot about it, those who remain in it. And so, friends, let me ask you, ask yourselves, are you hearing God's word? Or are you allowing other voices to speak louder? Point number one, true freedom, we don't have it. We don't have it because we're enslaved by sin. Point number two, we can get true freedom by hearing the teaching of the Son, by having Him set us free. Our third point, our final point, what does freedom look like once you've got it? It's here where we see the clear difference between our world's idea of freedom and the freedom that Jesus offers us. Because you see, our world's idea of freedom, well, firstly, it's, it's independence, isn't it? Our world says you're free when you don't depend on anyone for anything. You're free when you're a teenager and you get your license and no longer need to have mum and dad drive you around. You're free when you get your first job and you're able to pay your own way. You're free when you're older and when you still have the strength, you don't need people to care for you. That's freedom. Friends, our culture's view of freedom is independence. But do you see what Jesus' view is? It's, it's the opposite. Tim Keller put it really well when he said, the beginning of America was the day that it gained its independence, but the beginning of the Christian is the day that they lose their independence and recognize their absolute dependence on God. Freedom is not found in cutting yourself loose, but from binding yourself and depending completely on Jesus. You are most free when you can say, I need Jesus. I depend on him completely. That's when you find freedom. True freedom looks like depending on Jesus. Secondly, true freedom looks like obedience. See, our culture teaches us to think that freedom is doing whatever you want. But there's a problem with that. The problem with that is that we don't actually know what we want. We are conflicted. 
Have a think about the things that we want. I guarantee you that you'll also want something that undermines it. So at the same time that we want to be healthy, we also want to eat as much as we like without having to think about it. Well, maybe that's just me. Maybe. At the same time, we want to relax and enjoy life, but we also want to have lots of money so we can relax and enjoy life. So we go to work and don't relax and enjoy life. You see, what we want, we're, we're conflicted. We don't know what we want. At the same time, we want kids, and at the same time, we wish we didn't have any kids. It all just goes to show that we don't actually know what we want. And we haven't even begun to consider how what I want interacts with what you want. Have a think about it. If we all did whatever we want, it's very, very unlikely that we're not going to come into conflict with each other. But we don't want that. Friends, doing whatever you want is not freedom, it's a disaster. It doesn't work. It doesn't make you free. True freedom, says Jesus, is not found in doing whatever you want, but in doing what you ought. What you were made to do. It's those who hold to Jesus' teaching that find freedom. It's those who obey Jesus' words, verse 51, that never taste death. And so you actually find that you are most Free, not what to, when you do whatever you want. That's slavery to sin. We're most free when we're liberated to be able to live the lives that we were created to live. We're most free when we're enabled to love, uh, enabled by Jesus to love God. When we're enabled by Jesus to love each other, we're free when we're enabled by Jesus to pursue goodness and justice and kindness and generosity. Friends, that is true freedom. But do you see how unlike our world's idea of freedom that is? They're they're not the same thing. One is is freedom and one, as our world calls it, it, is actually slavery. It's devastating. It'll destroy you. Friends, I want you to see the danger of worldly freedom this morning. Because there is much about it that is appealing. See, the freedom that our world offers us, the freedom that our world idolizes, it it looks good, doesn't it? it? It sounds good to not have anyone telling you what to do or how to live. It sounds good to cut ties and be free from responsibility and expectation. It sounds really good to do whatever you want, whenever you want. But friends, see this morning in John 8, that is not freedom. It's deception. It's a lie straight from the father of lies. It captures you, it enslaves you, and in the end it will destroy you. Jesus says it leads only to death. Friends, recognized the danger of worldly freedom. But friends, instead look to Jesus and find true freedom. Hold fast to his teaching. Listen to his voice. Obey him. 
And there's that small voice in your head that thinks that that sounds oppressive, that sounds restrictive, that doesn't sound good. But friends, it is only when you hear the voice of the Lord Jesus that you will be truly free, truly satisfied, truly living. Because that is how you were made to live. And God in his infinite goodness created you to live that way. To serve him, to love him, and to love your fellow man. Friends, that is freedom. And the beauty of it is that, that as we walk that path of freedom, well, we actually we grow to love it. We, we come to see how good it is. And so, friends, there are two options. <laughs> if you are the horse, who is going to ride, if you like that analogy? Go with, uh, in the book of Joshua, Joshua addresses the people of Israel. He sets before them two options. And friends, I set before you the same, the same challenge. Choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Will you serve the father of lies? Will you believe the lies? Will you walk down that worldly idea of freedom? Or friend, will you serve the great king. Will you find in him, by holding to his teaching, true freedom and life? Choose this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. I pray that's true for you too. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this teaching of Jesus this warning to those who had begun to follow him that we are not free if we are slaves to sin. Father, help us to understand that we are slaves. We find it hard to accept. We feel like we are in control. But Father, I pray that you would help us see the lies of the devil that that lead us to this belief. Help us to see where we have been deceived. Help us to see where we are pursuing a kind of freedom that is not good or safe. Father, we thank you for the Lord Jesus who holds out to us the offer of life in his name. We thank you that he, the perfect son, is able to offer us freedom to enable us to belong to you forever. Lord, help us find freedom in the Lord Jesus. We pray for those in the room this morning who who are still tempted to think that following Jesus is oppressive or restrictive. I pray that you would open their eyes to see the goodness of living the way that you intended. I pray that you would help them see that freedom in the Lord Jesus is true freedom, life-giving freedom joyful freedom. I pray for all of us that we would hold to the teaching of the Lord Jesus and be truly his disciples so that we may know the truth and that by that truth we may be set free. We ask all of this knowing that it is only by your power that we are enabled to find this freedom. 
And so we pray it in the name of Jesus, our Lord and our Saviour. Amen.